It's Brendan Escott in tonight and tomorrow on Inside Sports for Reed Wilkins. He's enjoying some vacation. Dave Campbell off to Ottawa. We've got the Elks and Red Blacks Friday. 3.30 countdown show, 5 o'clock kickoff from TD Place Stadium. Out in our nation's capital right now. Here in our province's capital, Canada leading Switzerland 5-3 at Rogers Place in quarterfinal action at the World Juniors. Chris Peters coming up at uh, 7.35 or so will break down uh, not only this game tonight, but what he's seen over the course of the rest of the tournament. But a big day for the Canadian Elite Basketball League, and uh, what a great time. This worked out well, didn't it? Commissioner Mike Morreale for hopping on the show. Mike, you're on with Brendan. How's it going? tonight doing well brandon how are you excellent thank you so uh championship weekend wrapping up uh, not too long ago and we've got the hamilton honey badgers raising the trophy for the first time uh, that the edmonton stingers have not right it's been an interesting one it, it, it's been a couple years of back-to-back in edmonton and then the hamilton you know they led from start to finish they were the best team record-wise the whole year and came down just to an incredible final game um, in Ottawa just a couple days ago, and since then it's been even more of a whirlwind, as, as you know, with news breaking and lots of stuff happening. Tell me about, uh, before we dive into the team that we'll now see right down the QE2 highway, uh, tell me about the success of the 2022 season, finally emerging out of the pandemic and getting back to, I suppose, what you guys would call normal. Yeah, it's certainly, you know, uh, we, we hit our stride this year, and I think uh, it was a great year to come back. Um, certainly coming off of two years of COVID, uh, you know, we we were up in every metric that, that is important in terms of, you know, uh, running a, a pro league and pro teams. You know, attendance was up, viewership was up, fan engagement was up, uh, media impressions, everything it was pointing in the right direction. So that was encouraging because, you know, you're, we're still a young league and we're still – um, having to invest in the league and make sure that we're doing things right. And this was a really good year. And most importantly, the talent level, uh, being in 10 markets from coast to coast, being able to expose our brand across this great country was it really was a special time this year. And I think you hit on it right there, Mike, the uh, the coast-to-coast element of this league and having the expansion franchises this year in Montreal and, and in Ottawa and Newfoundland especially. What um, what was your assessment of the success of those three programs? Well, I think there was a ton of success. Certainly, you know, Scarborough on and off the court had a, had a fantastic year. Uh, Montreal was lights out in terms of, you know, the response from their community, about 90% capacity the whole year, including a bunch of sellouts. Um, you know, they were, they were not as good on the court, but certainly they captured the hearts and the minds of the fans in that area really quickly. And then Newfoundland started off slow and then, and then came around and ended up really strong to finish the year, almost, almost getting to the playoffs. So they were all trending in the right direction. Um, again, it's, you know, for me to be able to, you know, I, I've had the good fortune to be able to travel across this country, you know, and with my job and, and now to have our players that maybe haven't seen this country from coast to coast. That's one of the really cool perks of, uh, of, of this league as well. Uh, the names that have played in this league seem to have gotten maybe bigger and bigger on a scale each each year that it's been going, to the point now where I know uh, <laughs> Jake Cole's 37 years old and a musician, but that's still a big draw. Those tickets in Edmonton in particular sold out very, very quickly. Um, 
I, I guess how how is that sort of thing impacting the way that the league is expanding right now? When you get players like Jay Cole or Jalen Harris, for example, a second round pick of the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, I think you know the, the Jay Cole uh, situation was very unique um, and opened up a lot of eyeballs and attention, not only in in Canada but uh, all over the world. It was it was quite surreal, to be honest with you. And and what that did was just shed a brighter light on the players in this league so there's you know there's a Jalen Harris type player on all our teams and I think you know many of them and I think that's the really incredible part is that you know the, the basketball that's played is, is is very high level um and it's world class and you know we already sent another player this year to uh the NBA that was AJ Lawson in Minnesota and then we just sent Khalil Ahmad our MVP to the Utah Jazz and Jalen Harris just got reinstated by the NBA so that's three more to our total. It's got to be eight or nine players now that in the last nine months have gone to the NBA. And um, that's just unheard of uh, when you talk about domestic league. So, you know, the talent level is incredible. Our, our Canadian talent is equally as incredible. So um, it's, been a, it's been fun. Chatting with the commissioner of the CEBL, Mike Morreale. Uh Symbiotic relationship, it seems, between the growth of this league and the growth of the sport in Canada. And I think that's sort of what you were just hinting at right there. Yeah, there's, you know, basketball is certainly on a, on a, a huge trajectory. and um, But it has generally been centered around Toronto and the Raptors. And, and certainly the fandom goes nationally. But, you know, there's been no teams to call your own in, in these big markets across the country. So, you know, Calgary and places like that and Montreal and, and Ottawa and Edmonton, you know, they, yes, they get maybe a random, uh, you know, NBA Canada series once a year or once every couple of years. But we can provide them that that really the team that they can support, root and get behind. And they feel like nationally that, you know, that is that is important to them. And uh, so that's one of the really, the really, really interesting things that we're able to do is, is really bring that basketball culture um, to markets that don't have it and would love to have it. So the Guelph Nighthawks, we learned today, will move to Calgary. Um, just maybe talk, Mike, about some of the factors that motivated that transition. Well, yeah, we, we've been, you know, looking at the Calgary market since the beginning. Um, you know, I don't think we were sophisticated enough out the gate to think we could take on a big market like Calgary, just like we waited to get to Ottawa and waited to get to Montreal. So, um, you know, we, we wanted to wait our time. We certainly always evaluate our business and the direction of our business and, and where we're heading and how we're going to get there. And Calgary was a major part of it. The West is a major part. And we realized that, you know, in, in certain markets, in this case, Guelph, we can't compete um, like we can in, you know, the the bigger markets. So, you know, it's it's really it's really important to understand your business and realize, you know, what you're able to do and, and the direction of your business. And, you know, the lack of, you know, any media in, in the Guelph area and the ability to really expand, you know, our reach beyond what we're able to do ourselves makes it difficult uh and you know it's the 46th largest city compared to the third so there are major advantages of you know segments of the population that you need to capture that can can really help you and we're excited about calgary we're sad that we have to leave guelph 
but at the same time, strategically and in business perspective, it, it makes sense. And this is an opportunity we can to, to really balance our league out. What do you know about Calgary as a, as a basketball market? What has it shown you on the university level or otherwise? Well, that, that's the real important thing. So we actually have had some real-time experience there with our uh, FIBA Champions League games that, um, that our Edmonton team played on. Um, in Calgary, we tested that market. We couldn't get into our Edmonton market. So to the Expo Center, we went down the road and, and you know, tried a new venue and kicked some tires. That was really a, you know, a real-life experience of what it would be like. So um, we've tested the market. We have data on the market. We have real-life experience operating in that market. So it, it was a good test case for us. Um, you know, th- there was a, a great base of fans and interest. And we know now that if we can cultivate a brand like we've done in our other markets, that we can be successful. So our plan, no matter where we are, we, we come in and we, we try to do things the right way. And um, you'll see us doing that in Calgary. And it has to be pretty easy when a Battle of Alberta presents itself in a situation that's, that's like nice. this, kind of a built-in <laughs> rivalry. Nice. That helps. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're built in and then, you know, we'll build other ones and a lot of others have already been created just naturally um, in our league. So uh, the ones that are built in are, are always very cool. Um, so, yes, I, I think it's it's a basketball market that deserves basketball. It's a big market and it certainly will complement Edmonton very well which is also a really good basketball market. A couple more here for the commissioner of the CEBL, Mike Morreale. A uh, bit of a down year by Edmonton's standards based on the high standard the Stingers set for themselves uh, in the, the last couple of years, bowing out in the play-in game against Saskatchewan. But uh, I wonder if you could just shed a couple of words on, on what it means to have a team like the Stingers and sort of a, a Western presence in, in the CEBL as well. Yeah. Oh, I, I've just I've always been impressed with the Stingers brand and certainly what they've done on the court and off the court. You know, now you know, we're refurbishing 400 nets and, and basketball uh, parks across the country and really ingraining in the community and, and really, you know, great community players and, and a great basketball community. It's, it's been and a great facility. I mean, to me, it's the, the top facility. It's kind of a neat little hybrid eccentric place to watch a game. And I just noticed today they have ripped out all the new chairs and new ones are coming in. So it's, it's good. Like it's growing there and there's investment being made in that, in the Edmonton community and they've supported us well. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of our top uh, destinations. It, it, there's a lot of room to grow. And I think that's the very cool part of it. And I wonder just maybe even from 30,000 feet, as far as future growth plans anywhere in the league, I'm sure expansion, uh, expansion is probably far away from the mind right now after a big season bringing three teams in. But, but what can you tell us, if anything, about what the CEBL has on deck for the uh, immediate future? Well, I, I think we, you know, we need to continue to grow up our Western presence. And we did that today with the announcement. And I think we'll continue uh, with more announcements, you know, in the future, I can't tell you whether it's going to be for 2023 or, or beyond, but it, but it is strategically part of the plan. So uh, getting to a divisional model, East and West, and, and, and playing a lot of good basketball in the West is, is important to us. And I think that's the, if what we did today is, is one step of the way of what we're attempting to do um, strategically. I appreciate the time, Mike, and uh, wish you all the best going forward with uh, all the future endeavors. 
Perfect. Thanks so much for having me on. Mike Morreale, the commissioner of the Canadian Elite Basketball League. He's also from the Tiger Cats Audio Network. Uh, if they were playing the Tiger Cats this week, if the Elks were, I mean, that would have been a good way to double down on a guest. But instead, uh, we get the lowdown on the hoops scene right across the country. That is, uh, that's pretty exciting to have the team. I, to me, Calgary Dinos basketball, they're, they're, they're enough of a team, a formidable force in Canada West over the last, I, I wouldn't even know how far back to go, but I can tell you that good players go play for Calgary. I used to broadcast that when I was going to school way back in the day, and they were a powerhouse team. So I think that there's a market to be had. They're going to play um, one of the Windspear Event Center, or no, the... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to blow it. I think that's Wind Sport. Wind Sport. Wind Spear is where we put music on here. It's the giant Olympic Oval where they do all the speed skating practices and everything. Okay, there you go. All right, all right. So, well, you seem to know more about the venue than than I do. I've spent a lot of time in Calgary, to be honest. I've (laughs) toured that venue a couple of times in in the past and everything. It's it's very interesting. A lot of the stuff they have set up, even uh, summertime-wise, it's a fun afternoon to go down there to the olympic park to check out everything so well it certainly is to go down to the hive as well as they call the uh, edmonton expo center when the stingers are rocking and rolling and they had a couple of great seasons out of the gate for this franchise and then 10 and 10 this year and and still made the playoffs or the play-in game i should uh, make that distinction and uh, ultimately unable to get past these saskatchewan rattlers on the road it was a hard-fought loss there but calgary Wonder what they're going to be named too. Mm, lots it, of rumor about that as well going forward. I've seen on Twitter that they might be looking at the name '88 because apparently that was a team that was in the same league as the Skyhawks back in the day that had kind of the initial Edmonton Calgary basketball rivalry. Uh, there's some rumbling around the Stallions name being yeah. brought up as well. So we'll wait and see. Interesting. So they're getting an American Hockey League team. They still mm-hmm. have the Western Hockey League team mm-hmm. there. They've got two junior, no, just one junior A team now. The other one has since ceased operations. Mm-hmm. they got a lot going on in Calgary. The Roughnecks lacrosse team mm-hmm. as well. Um and they still operate a lot of that out of the Saddle Dome. Doesn't that leave you scratching Yeah, your head? that's a head scratcher, isn't it? <laughs> I promise you the basketball team won't be playing out of the Saddle Dome there. That's not enough incentive for y'all to get a new arena down there. I don't know what more one would have to do. Keeping our eyes on this Canada-Switzerland game. They are deep into this now, by the way. And Switzerland is sticking around. They're within two. Still a 5-3 score. Canada tries to remain unbeaten and advance into the semifinals, which will be played on Friday, medal rounds on Saturday. But uh, Friday, Friday, we got an Elks game for you to pay attention to as well. Five o'clock kickoff live from Ottawa here on 630 Chad. I've got the countdown to kickoff at 3 30 721 in Edmonton. We'll step aside here on Inside Sports. Back with more in a moment. Uh, the commissioner of the CEBL, Mike Morreale, on the Certainteed Hotline. Arrow pointing up 
for Canadian basketball. And I feel like we've been saying that for a decade now. And that's super encouraging. It wasn't a flash in the pan. It wasn't just a group of really good players. It was genuinely... Some say it's the Carter effect, but overall, I think that just more opportunities and more, um, I guess, interest in the game really has has helped propel the Canadian basketball scene. But take Jordan Baker, for example. I mean, he's from Edmonton. I played his ball here anyway uh, at the University of Alberta. I think he might be from Calgary. I'd have to double check on that one. But bottom line is he played his post-secondary here. And then with the elite basketball team here in town, he's able to continue playing where otherwise he would have had to go in all likelihood to Turkey or Spain or uh, Australia, something of that nature. But here we are with, again, the domestic league, which has eyes all over it now. Not a bad place to play. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, Hockey Canada moving ahead now by three goals on Switzerland in the quarterfinals. About a minute and 10 seconds left in this one. So that must have been an empty netter for Canada who will move past the Swiss. But the Swiss, I don't know that many people would have pegged three goals from them up against this Canadian squad whose goal differential was absurd coming into the uh, quarterfinal round. But Canada will move on to the semifinals. Talk to Chris Peters, get the scouting report on who Canada is likely to face. If it's not already sewn up, we'll figure that out for you. A full breakdown of that and much, much more. Chris Peters from Flow Hockey coming up on Inside Sports. After a global news weather traffic update with Thomas Dias.